Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 103. We're moving and grooving, guys. We're past episodes 100. 102 had a great one-year anniversary special on Monday, episode 102, with you guys got to meet my wife, Lauren. So if you haven't watched that, go back and check it out. Um, you get to know me a little bit more. You get to see me a little bit more loose. Uh, kind of, uh, I think when you're around the right people, they're going to bring out the best in you. And that can be um, maybe if you're somebody who's uh, takes things a little too seriously, could say you could see somebody loosen up a little bit. Um, but I just love my wife. She's my absolute best friend in the whole world, my favorite person in the world. And so I was so happy that um, that really shone through and you guys get to see how amazing she is. So I also wanted to say, because I had pointed out during that episode that my wife, uh, she's illustrated a couple of children's books. Um, and I said, I was going to put it in the description of that episode. And then I forgot I said that until like late at night. And then I went and I fixed it. Uh, so if you go back to that episode, whether it's on Facebook, Rumble or YouTube, um, you'll see right at the top, the stuff we talked about, I put links to two of those. One of hers that she did is out of print right now. I think we should look at getting it because it's like one that she wrote and illustrated herself. And these other two, she just illustrated. But yeah, that's Bittishon, The Lonely Sloth and then Dudley's Big Day. And they're both super cute stories. Um, and she's super talented and it's great art, cute art. So go check those out. Go buy them. They're cheap. They're like eight, eight dollars, something like that. So buy them for your kiddos, buy them for your grandkiddos, buy them for yourself. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. So yeah, they're there now in episode 102, the description of episode 102, wherever you watch the show. So I, I gotta also say really quick, we did a we did a poll, and I'm a little disappointed that cake won over pie. I feel like if we threw an other in there. Cake would have been the lowest pie would have been second. And then maybe other, cause I saw some tiramisu in there. I saw some cheesecake in there. Um, I make a really good tiramisu by the way, like really good. I make it like every Christmas for my family. Um, and I make a large amount, uh, so that everybody eats it and I get to have as much as I want. But it, see, if I make like this much by myself, I'm going to eat the whole thing by myself. And we just, it's not good for the waistline. We don't want that. So. Um, yeah, but I'm convinced, okay? I'm convinced that if we had done cake, pie, other, cake would have lost. Easy, okay? Maybe pie would have won and other would have won. I would have been fine with that. But the fact that my arch nemesis cake won over pie, <laughs> actually, for the record, I do like cake. But if I had to choose, I would choose pie. Okay, I'm done with the dessert thing. We're moving on. I just had to say that. Um, okay, so my guest uh, is is back for the second time. And our first episode was amazing. And um, I just immediately was like, I'm so down with what Christina is talking about and what God is doing through her and her ministry. Um, so yes, my wife, uh, my, <laughs> I'm reading this and it says wife, cause it said it in the bio and I, I was talking about my wife and I just called her my wife. She's not my wife, obviously. Yes. So she's a wife, she's a mother, she's a content creator. She's also Kelly, Kelsey O'Malley's BFF, and she's also the author of Hope in 60 Seconds. Let's give it up for my guest today, Christina Baker. Hey. Hey. Hey, 
great. I'm a little sweaty now after that like <laughs> wife comment. I got a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I knew you were reading the bio. Why? Yes. yes. Mother, content creator. I know. I know Kelsey that bio BFF. Well. I, you know, <laughs> I took some liberties. Yeah. yeah. So great Christina, to be here, Jeff. Yeah. How are you? It's been a busy. You were on Sid Roth, right? Yes, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, I it feels like a long time. I was just telling you guys, like it's been months. I was like, yeah. how did time go by so quickly? Yeah. Didn't but you I do? Guess... I thought you like recorded something recently. Like you did some like of those flashback scenes or something like that. Or you were yes. So that show will air on Sid Roth this week. Um, it actually this Sunday it'll start airing Sunday Monday. Um, but. Warren Marcus, who's the executive producer of the show, he texts me, he's like, hey, he's like, um, can you come to Charlotte in a couple of days? I'm like, what's going on? He was like, the girl who was gonna be the older version of you, she wasn't feeling well. And you know, my husband was like, I feel the Lord on it, go. I was like, oh Dude. my gosh. So it was reenacting <laughs> all of my, like Jeff, going to jail, wow. getting arrested. You know, resisting arrest. You know, Warren really likes to take us like everything. Even the car I got arrested in, he was like, "What car did you have?" Like he wanted everything to be oh true goodness. to wow. you know the story. And so it was. We had like a fog machine in the car. Wow! Because you know, I got arrested, I was you know, I was doing some things when I yeah. got arrested, and so it was yeah. like a fog machine, hundred degrees, belligerently getting arrested, and wow, uh, it was. It was was it a weird experience? Like, did you have any kind of like, was it kind of like cathartic or was it like, or were you just having fun doing it? Yeah. So writing the book was very cathartic, which I wasn't prepared for, you know, as a first time I'd never written a book, never even written a blog, you know, it was kind mm -hmm. of like, and somebody came to me, they were like, Hey, uh, when you, you know, when you start writing, like it's going to be cathartic. And so I was like, no, you know, and it really was. She's mm. like, you think you're healed until you start writing a book. Interesting. And I was like, okay, but it doesn't hit you until. So I feel like the Lord, Jeff, walked me through that process when I was writing the book. It was very, it was, it was a, one of the most, I feel like getting off of drugs was easier than going through that process. Interesting. It's crazy. But wow, that's crazy. So there were some scenes, I will say there were some scenes that I was kind of like, oh, wow, I don't know how this is going to be. It was, it was pretty, it, there were some tough scenes where I was like, Holy Ghost, I need you now. And he did. But, you know, then every, I feel like at the, the beginning scenes were a little bit, I would say cathartic, but everything else was a blast. Like, yeah, because, you know, when you're coming to the Lord, I feel like that season of coming to the Lord, it's just you're, everything's getting worse and worse and worse. But the moment you meet him, it's like, there is an incline spiritually, even if there's like, if you, you know, you go into a wilderness with the Lord when you meet him, but there was like this, I say incline, but there was, you know, things began to get better and better spiritually. So so uh, I don't, I've actually never heard this little bit and we'll get into the meat of what we're going to talk about here in a sec, but um, did you get saved in prison or were you, was prison just one, one step in the journey of coming to the Lord? Yeah. Well, I went to jail. So, you know, oh, okay. um, you know, some people, some pe people have really been to the pen, you know, they're like, there's a difference between County and the pen, you know? So yeah. um, no, I, I, 
when I got out of jail was when I was sitting, I was went to, back to my job, which I think, you know, Jeff, I was a counselor at a university in Houston. And so I was like drugging all night and then telling people how to live their life during the day. Wow. And I had been at that job for a long time and functional addict, just like my dad was, my dad was an oil executive, but he had a bad cocaine problem that just, you know, got worse as the years went by. And I'm sitting at my desk at my job and I get a tap on the shoulder from this guy and he was a counselor there, but I knew he was like a part-time pastor. And so he was like, Hey, we have prayer meetings every day on the third floor. I have a word from the Lord for you. And this was right after I got, had gotten out of jail. And I'm like staring at the computer screen, contemplating how I'm going to take my life and not tell anybody. And that's what scared me because, you know, when you're, what scared me was that I had already planned it all out in my mind, how I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to tell anybody. And then I just get a tap on the shoulder from this man. And I'm like a word from the Lord. You know, number one, you don't know that language when you're, when you're in the world or have no type of church upbringing, faith, Christianity, a word from the Lord. Like, right. what is that? You like, know, that's yeah, yeah. Christianese. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was after I had gone to jail. So I was out on bail. Yeah. So when you got that word of the Lord, though, were you were you curious or were you kind of just like, okay, yeah, word of the Lord. Okay. Yeah, it was my last resort. So the thought that I had was, how could he have known what I was just contemplating? It scared me. Mm. So when 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 he said this to me, it was like somebody had thrown me a life preserver, unknowing that I was just drowning. Like, how could he have known that? And so that was, you know, and for somebody who has no spirituality, I mean, it's just, it was something that scared me in that moment. And, you know, when I walked into that break room where they're having this prayer meeting, these people are like pacing the floor. They start putting their hands on me, which I thought was super strange. But again, it was like, what are they doing? You know, you don't, you know, yeah, there's, and then he said, um, this is a matter of life or death. Because Jeff, here's the thing. If he had told me Jesus loves you, I would have been like, oh my gosh. Like he, the, I got saved on a prophetic word that was not a feel good, like, let me just, you know, give you a fuzzy word. It was, this is a matter of life or death. And I immediately, now I know I had a vision, but in my mind, what I saw was I saw me dying in a car accident, which wouldn't be, wouldn't have been an abnormal thing because I was driving home drunk from the bars Monday through Monday driving hundred miles an hour down the freeway, waking up at my apartment complex in the backseat of, of my car with one shoe, not knowing how I got there. And this, so this was a regular occurrence. Mm. So when he said, this is a matter of life or death, I knew this somehow this was like the next step of what was getting ready to take place in my life. Dude, dude, this is so for somebody right now. Like that's why I just, you know, hearing from the Lord, walking in obedience. There's subtle things. They're just things that I personally felt like we needed to just touch on and ask in a certain way. And so I really feel like this is for somebody right now. And I actually want to tell you something, Christina, last time you were on the show, you were praying, you would go through a couple of different prayer breaks and pray for people. I had a full on encounter with Jesus, like the Jesus as I had my head, you know, my eyes closed. I had a full on encounter with him. Um, 
And it was one of those, you you have these certain encounters where you're like, you're marked. Like, it's like these certain things that happen. And it was one of those. So, um, yeah. Um, Wow. And I just feel his presence just as when we begin to talk about the Lord and we begin to talk about Jesus, he comes. Mm -hmm. And I like to share this with our son because worship isn't just, it is, of course, singing and praising and just connecting our hearts to the Lord. But when we live a life, and I know you and your wife live this way, Jeff, and so does your team. When we live a life that is just so poured out, we talk about him, we think about him, Mm -hmm. we sing to him, we talk about him. We are constantly creating an atmosphere where God is like, hey, they're they're, there talking about me. The Holy Ghost just comes. He joins us. And so he has a seat at our table wherever we are. He has a seat at our table if we're at the grocery store. He has a seat at our table if we're in our cars. He has a seat of our t- at our table right now mm-hmm. because we are we are cultivating this place and everybody can have that. People are like, I want more. I want more of his presence. I want to experience his presence. You want to experience the presence of the Lord? Start talking about him. Come on. Start talking about him to others. Start talking about him to yourself. Start talking to him. Just that in and, in and of itself will begin to create an atmosphere where he comes and he just, he begins to move. Mm. So um, I'm just so believing good. that the Lord is going to touch people's hearts, their minds. As I was praying for this the last couple of days, Jeff, I just sense that the Lord wanted to touch some people with broken hearts, mm. yeah. which we'll get to some of the things that, that we're going to talk about, but the Lord wants to heal broken hearts. He wants to heal those that maybe feel like their hearts are in a thousand pieces. He wants to pick up the pieces of your heart and he wants to make it whole. Yeah. So yeah. I just release that right now hmm. over every per- any person that's listening to the words as we are speaking your words, Lord. Father, we ask right now the arrows, fiery arrows of hope would go, Lord, into the atmosphere of their homes, of their cars, of their businesses. God, right where they are, we, we ask you, Lord, would you send ministering and warring angels to touch hearts, to heal hearts? Lord, I pray that even as the disciples on the road to Emmaus, God, that they would sense a fiery, a burning in their hearts, Lord, knowing that it is you, Jesus, that is stepping into the room right now. I pray right now, God, that you would bind up the brokenhearted and heal those that are crushed in spirit. And we thank you right now, God, for healing anxiety, healing depression, Father, suicidal thoughts. We just bind it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus over every heart in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I guess, like I see a your first point in here is it is only a season. And I think that um, given what you shared, um, you know, leading into this it kind of shows a little bit of your street cred to, to some people who might have been like, well, what does she know? You know yeah. um, that you've, you've, you've lived on the other side of, of, uh, of the proverbial tracks as it were. Yeah. Um, and so you've tasted desperate, you've tasted, um, you know, su- suicide, suicidal thoughts, all that stuff. Um, 
So why don't you just go ahead and start talking about that a little bit? Yeah. So I want to share with you something that the Lord gave me in prayer. I just thought it was such a beautiful thing. You know, he makes beautiful things out of the dust. Mm -hmm. He brings beauty from the ashes. And the Lord um, showed me this picture of what he does with our lives, because all of us have a history with God. All of us um, have seasons that we've walked through deep valleys of darkness where the Lord pulled us out. And God gave me this picture, Jeff, of like how we were, I, you know, you know how the Lord is. He just gives you pictures of things. It's like, you just understand it by the spirit, you know, mm -hmm. and he showed me how we wear these jackets when we come through these seasons where we can see where God has redeemed certain areas of our lives. And I just saw how the Lord has given us this privilege to open our jackets. And on the outside, everything looks like, wow, I see everything looks great. But when you open the jacket, there are pictures. There were these pictures of like the testimony of things that the Lord had done for me the day that he pulled me out. And I like, I love to use this illustration of like, you never get over the moment where you saw, where, you know, I saw this hand coming down to me in the bottom of the miry pit and just pulling me out. When everybody turned their back on me, family, friends, everybody was like, I'm done with you. We can't deal with any, with you anymore. And rightfully so. When you're a drug addict, when you're an alcoholic, when you're living a way where you just have no regard for anybody, people can only handle so much. Mm -hmm. But I just had, we, God gives us these moments where we just never get over. And so I just say this, there's a moment that I'll never get over in my life. And that is the moment that he stuck his hand down and was like, come. And I'm like, who is this man? Who is this man? And for me, I'll just share a little bit about this, Jeff. Yeah. When I went, so here, you know, I had three months, I'm like clear, you know, sober. And in three months, the Lord delivered me from, you know, I used to be on like 10 different types of pills. Wow. I used to, you know, wake up in the morning, I'd, you know, smoke weed to calm down. And then I'd, you know, take a ton of, ton of different drugs just to get me going. And then I would do the same thing over and over and over again. But I got free and delivered within 90 days. And then I had to show up for court. I was out on bail. And long story short, this is the first day that I had heard the voice of the Lord. And I heard a voice, a voice, because I, you know, I'm like, I've never heard this before. So it was an audible voice? In my spirit. Okay, yeah. But you know, in your spirit, it's audible. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's like, people are like, well, was it audible? It's like when you hear the Lord in your spirit, that is his voice, you know? Yeah. But I had never acknowledged or been aware of this in my life. So I was like, what was that? And he <laughs> says, go and talk to the DA. And so we walk out. So I tell my attorney this. I'm like, I need to talk to the DA. He's like, you can't do that. You're going to lose the case. I was like, I have nothing else to lose. So we walk outside of the courtroom and he, the DA's like, what's up? And I'm like, I don't know what's up. But these people have been discipling me for, you know, the last three months. And they were telling me God was truth. So I was like, I'm just going to tell the truth about what happened that night. And I'm like, look, I know you get hundreds of people that come in here every day and they tell you that God has changed them. But Jesus Christ has saved me and I'm so sorry. The drugs were mine. I am so deeply sorry for what I've done. And he was like, we all make mistakes sometimes. Have a great day. And I'm like, my attorney looks at me and he's like, you're done. 
you're toast. Like you just gave a full confession with no plea deal, <laughs> which you understand, yeah. Jeff, like, yeah. you know, he yeah, was on paper, to... that was like the worst thing you could have done. Yeah. I'm sitting there. And so I thought I had surrendered Jeff. Like I walked in there. I'm like, Lord, I surrender. But I hadn't surrendered because mm. when when my attorney was like, you're going to do some time, you're going to go back to county. And I was like, I can't go back. And he was like, you're going to go back. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. And I'm sitting a bit. That was before I got to court. You know, when I got to the courtroom, we talked about that. But when I when I was sitting there after I talked to the D.A., I had come to this place where I was like. I really surrender now. Like Mm -hmm. I did the crime. I should do the time. Like that's just the way the world works. You do the crime, you do the time. And I was like, God, the only thing I'm asking you is that you would just take care of my son. And I was like, I'll, you know, tell everybody about you in jail. And what felt like 15 hours is like 15 minutes. And then my attorney approaches me. He's pale and holds up a yellow piece of paper that changes the course of my life. And it says order of dismissal. Come on, come on. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I don't know what's going on, Jeff. At this moment, I'm like, what's going on, Oscar? And he was like, he's trying, I think he's still at this moment trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, you're free to go. And I was like, what does this mean? He's like, Christina, they dismissed the case. You're free to go. All charges have been dropped. And I, you know, I was still, you know, I still got that worldly mindset. You know, I was like, I better get out of here before they change their mind. So I'm like, I grabbed my purse, ran out of the courthouse and I'm hundreds of people are walking downtown. This is a make court building in Houston, Texas. But you know, when you've been touched by God, Jeff, you're undignified. You don't care what you look like. You don't know how crazy you look. I've been living all my life for the devil looking crazy. I'm going to live the rest of my days for him. And I don't care what people think. I don't mm-hmm. care how pe- crazy people think I am. I fell on my knees and I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm losing my mind. Hallelujah. I'd seen all these people worship God and they would scream hallelujah. And I'd yeah. see all these people like just, just their exuberant worship for the Lord. And it made me, I always wondered why are they like this? But that was the moment where I understood I know why they're like this. They've encountered the God of love. They've encountered the God of heaven. But it was my first moment where I was like, oh my gosh. As Job said, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. He had a full, Job had a full blown encounter with the Lord. And that was my moment of encounter. My woman at the well moment where it was like, yeah, these people have been telling me all about you, but now I see who you are. Mm -hmm. And then I heard that voice again, Jeff. And I heard him say, You see that judge in there? I'm above her. I'm above the judicial system in the United States. And I've been watching over you all of your life. And it was like I had this film strip in my mind of being homeless on the beach with my dad, getting a brain tumor diagnosis, getting arrested, ending up in jail, and just all of the things that I had walked through and the Lord being with me in every single moment of my life, yet unknowing, yet not knowing that he was there, unaware that he had his eye on me the entire time. Mm. So, wow. You know, the woman at the well, you understand, you understand what she encountered when she locked eyes with Jesus at that well. He prophesied to her. And she's in this moment, she's seen because she's like, this man knows, this man knows who I am. 
But yet in that, she encounters the love of God and it changes her. She radically leaves that moment and is preaching and is sharing with every person she comes into contact with that she met the God of love, the God of redemption. So, you know, I just, it's these moments. So when I've talked to you about like opening the jacket, we all have that jacket. I, I feel like it's something in the spirit realm. God puts us, puts this jacket on us where, yeah, it may look good on the outside now, but when you open up that jacket, there's pictures of the things that God has done. Those times when you couldn't provide for your family and you open, you remember, but God came through or when he healed or when he touched you, when you experience his love, all of those things God has, has given us that is the privilege of history with him. Whether you've known him for a day or a thousand years, you doesn't matter. There is a privilege of history. That is in and of itself is privilege. that We have history with him, whether or not we were aware that he was with us or not. That's good. That's really good. I can't think of a better example of what happened to you to illustrate our, your debt being paid. Like what, what Jesus did on the cross for us. I can't think of a better example, like a real world example. And it happened to you of your your debt being paid. Um, Wow. You know, what's so crazy, Jeff, is that this group of people, you know, I always say this, the church came to me because I would have never set foot in a church. Mm -hmm. And so the church came to, you know, it was a secular university and here they were all praying. I mean, they were like storming heaven in this third floor bike room on their, on their breaks. And, you know, they had been telling me and teaching me about the cross, but that moment for me was experiential in the sense of, I understood I was guilty, but yet set free. Yeah. When Jesus went to the cross, the shedding of his innocent blood set us free, though we are guilty. We're guilty for all the sins we've committed past, present, and future, but the cross set us free. So it was like, I, I just had this picture of like a collision with the cross in that moment where I had a revelation of what the cross really did for me. He set me free, but I was full. I was guilty. And so how beautiful the blood of Jesus, how beautiful his blood, how beautiful the cross, how, you know, I remember the Lord giving me a revelation of like, when you don't know what to say, the blood of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus covers everything. And let me tell you, I actually, my husband had a, He had a dream when we were living in Australia and he was praying in the spirit. Like he was laying there and I heard him start to pray in the spirit. And kind of, I was like, what's going on here? You know? And I was like, are you okay? He was, he was sleeping, praying in the spirit. And I was like, are you okay? And he was like, I was like, Oh, what's going on? Let's like, you know, what's going on here? (laughs) I'm like, okay. And then he gets up and he's like, I just had this dream. And I won't go, it's a long dream, but this was the, the, in, in, in just the point of this dream was this, the Lord showed him the power of when we declare the blood of Jesus, Jeff. Wow. He said that he was basically, he was in this tower and, you know, there was like these, you know, there's just a lot of darkness surrounding us. And he went, and as soon as he said the blood of Jesus, these spirits, demonic entities could not speak. They were silenced. And all he had to say was the blood of Jesus. 
And it was like, that was it. So I encourage anybody that's listening right now, maybe you're going through some warfare. Maybe you're going through some times where you don't even know what to say, what to pray, how to pray. You don't need, you can't even get a shout out. I want to encourage you today to just say the blood of Jesus. Mm. Jesus, say his name because his name in the spirit realm reverberates. His name in the spirit realm goes so much farther than all the great prayers that we can pray. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. So if you're in that season right now where maybe you're, you're, and I'm really getting the sense in my spirit, Jeff, is that there's a lot of people right now that are going through a season where the, you are having to war for what you know God has given you. I want to encourage you right now to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Mm. I'm even seeing right now in the spirit, I'm seeing arrows just flying, just fiery arrows but the Lord surrounding you with his favor as a shield. I just see the Lord coming and just surrounding you as a shield. Mm. Take hold of his promises. And when you don't know what to say, the blood of Jesus, Jesus, his name is above every name. His name is above anything that you're facing right, right now. And God is going to bring you through this. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that my wife and I both have talked about when um, there was a, there was a season where we felt like there was, um, I don't know if it was like the apartment we were living in. There was like people, like other tenants that were yeah. dabbling yep. in things. And it would yes. just, there'd be darkness, like d- demonic spirits that would come into our room. And sometimes you're just so it's you, being woke, woken up like that, um, where you immediately feel demonic spirits, especially when it's so heavy. Like it would shake the bed, all this stuff. And then you don't know anything other than to say than Jesus. And you just, you know, and in every single time it would just like go away when you're just like, that's all you could get out of your mouth was, was Jesus. Um, We need a revelation of that. Like how powerful is his name? Mm -hmm. How glorious is his name? How powerful is his name? And I, that, when Ryan had that dream, Jeff, it changed us. Yeah. Because we crazy. now had this revelation of like, these are not just mere words. It is not just a mere name, but his name. So many things when you mm. think of the name of Jesus, yeah. who he I is. Got, I got to hear this dream. Okay. <laughs> How long so, does it take to tell it? I mean, I, I feel like I shared the gist of it. We were on this huge tower. It looked like, it was in space and the the windows were all clear so he could see it was like outer space and all of a sudden these you know these demonic spirits were speaking in demonic tongues and so evan and i were behind him were behind him and he told both of us you wait here and he goes to the window this was in 2012 jeff he goes to the window And these, you know, they were speaking in all these, you know, demonic languages. And he just says the blood of Jesus. And then all of a sudden he said it was like they couldn't move their mouth. There was no mouth. Because the name of Jesus in the mouth of a a believer has power. That's why you hear all these stories of people. They have like the sleep paralysis or they're getting attacked in their dreams. All they have to do is say Jesus in their spirit and boom, it's gone. How Mm -hmm. powerful is his name? Yeah, But it's like who he is to us. Mm-hmm. He's deliverer. He's king. He's savior. He's friend. He's redeemer. And all of the, you know, I, I, I like to teach, 
you know, a lot of people, you know, how do we pray? And one of the things I love to do and teach people, Jeff, is praying the names of God and understanding the names of God through the Bible. Because okay. every time, you know, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Seat Canoe, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Shama, when we begin to call on his name, who he has been to us, who he has revealed to us. I tell you, it's one of the things it just, there is faith that begins to rise in your spirit as you call on his name. It's like if you were walking down the street, Jeff, and somebody is like, hey, you, you might turn. But if somebody says, hey, Jeff Tharp, mm -hmm. you know you're gonna turn around because a revelation comes when you have a revelation of who God is. And maybe you're like, well, I don't know the names of God in the Bible. Well, who is he to you? Who has he been to you? Begin mm -hmm. to draw on that history. Begin to draw on that history that you have with God and call on his name. Well and, to, to add, well, and to add credit to what you're saying too, I, I even just to take that analogy further, somebody saying, hey, you versus, hey, Jeff Tharp, it goes even farther to then say, hey, and then they throw up, Hey, Tharple Tunnel. Hey, Tharpedo, which have been some of my nicknames among my friends. Oh my you know, so if, personal. Yeah, so it's more personal. So to yeah. add credit to what you're saying, Lord Tharp is another one. Lord Tharp. Um, yeah. So, um, That's so cool. I, I guess to add credit to what you're saying about God, if using this, I just had never thought of it that way. But then drawing that connection just now, I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, because there's other Jeffs. I will turn around if I hear my name, but you might not. It might not be you, you know, so yeah. Because there's a revelation, there's a well there yeah. that you have with God. And, you know, I've run into this sometimes where like, well, I don't really have a lot of history with God. I've just come to the Lord. Well, what do you have? What do you have? Mm. What's in your hand? What is it that what, if you feel like that's a small well, and I don't believe any of us have a small well, but that's a conversation for another day. God has put deep wells on the inside of us, but it's about it being revealed to us. And the closer we get to the Lord, the deeper, I would say we dig those wells deeper with God, but out of your belly, rivers of living water spring forth. That's what, that's what the scriptures say. Mm -hmm. And when you have, I, I love when I, when I get into the Lord's presence, you know, just when I'm just praying, you know, focus prayer, you know, you're taking time. You're just like, you're just spending intimate time with the Lord, Jeff. I love to remember what he has done. Mm. I love it because I know he loves it, but what it does for us, you go back into that history of like, God, remember when we walked through that together? Remember when we made it through that valley together? Yeah. Remember that one time where you had to carry me through because I didn't think I would get out of that valley alive? Do you remember that time that you just touched me and healed my body? And I, I didn't think that there was any hope. And so you start to go into that place with the Lord. It's intimacy. Mm -hmm. Cultivating that intimacy with God is powerful. Um, so it's, it's that personal revelation, Jeff, just like you said, there are people that know you in such a way that nobody else knows you. Right. And when you hear that, it gets your attention. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've started, um, when I wake up, I, I've started to really try to have like, you know, we get up, we work out, don't touch my phone. Then after working out you know, we make protein shakes or whatever it is. And, and, and then I immediately just kind of get to that place of just imme immediate gratitude towards the Lord. Like that's, 
the first, because I, I found wow. myself in this place, to be completely honest, I would say the past, um, I don't know, it, sometimes things can happen and you just feel like you're under fire um, and you're kind of just all turtled up because you're just, you know, like there's just a lot of crossfire and there's a lot of just attack against you, whatever it could be. Um, and you find yourself in this place of just focusing in on all, all the to do's or all the negative yeah. things or all of the, and then having to be like, no, God, I put that down. I put that down. I rebuke that in Jesus name, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But finding myself in a more of a place of remembrance of who he, who he is, who he's been in my life has been so great. Um, and it's amazing what it does when you're in that place of just like right out of the gate, like father, thank you for yes. thank you, Lord. my home. Thank you for the, the breath in my lungs that I have another day here on earth um, wow. to serve you. Thank you. God. And just on and on. And thank you for my wife. Thank you for my cat. Thank you for this cup of coffee. You know, like yes. just, it's, it sounds silly, but it's, I mean, it's like no. all those things are so the gratitude towards the Lord that it, it's just, um, I love, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis and I'll butcher it, but he basically, the, the concept is he said, I think when we get up to heaven, there will be a part of us that goes, it was you. Like, He's so familiar and he's so present here that we don't know to imagine even thinking about what hell would be like, um, all of the things that are so familiar to us that are good, all the things that are so familiar to us are gone, like they're gone and um, to be completely removed mm. from God's presence. Like you were saying, even before you knew it, you had history with God. God had led you and he had guided you and he protected you in ways that you didn't even see, or he was near when you thought when, when you'd burned every bridge, he was near. And, um, wow. and he's like that with every person, even the people who don't know him, uh, because he desires to be known. Right. So, yes. uh, to imagine all of that gone, all I just, man, I, wow. it's intense. That's powerful. Intense. What you yeah. said of like the revelation of it was you. Mm -hmm. It was always you. Mm -hmm. It was always yeah. him. That, yeah. that what you just shared is really powerful, Jeff. And I think that, you know, when we get that revelation of what you just shared, hunger, it, because it's always about hunger for him. It's about our need for him. It's about, it's always been about him. Mm -hmm. And to, to be there one day and just, I also thought when you, when you said this was just the remembrance of everything that he's done for us on earth, that will yeah. not go away. Yeah, That will never go away. We'll remember and then we'll be able to share with others in heaven as well, all that he had done, all that he had brought us through, Yeah, how good he's been, how faithful he's been. It is who he is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think too, you know, like to, to nip any any thoughts that be like, oh, well, Jeff, you work for the Elijah list and that's my dream. And of course you're happy. Like, man, I can't tell you the things that my wife and I have been through like hard, hard times wow. where we were like so poor, like, wow. <laughs> so yeah. poor. yet there were still moments of, so actually now that I'm, cause I'm an outward processor, I I'm now seeing there've been multiple other seasons of my life where I've taken this posture of just gratitude. where like, we were so wow. poor. Couldn't really afford anything. And uh, it was like when we first got married, 
you know, we were eating like top ramen macaroni and cheese, you know, and, um, and just being so excited. Like, I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to be with my wife. We're going to have top ramen, but we're going to put egg in it and we're going to just hang out together. It's going to be awesome. And God, thank you so much that we can pay our bills. Thank you so much that we can, you know, all those things. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. So I've I've lived the poor life. (laughs) So... Yeah. And it does something to you, Jeff. I want to say this for anybody that's listening. If you're dealing with any bitterness or you're dealing with like just that hope deferred, gratitude is one of the quickest ways to snip that thing in the spirit yeah. quickly and quickly. When you start to, because that complaining spirit, you know, that it will quickly get you into this place that ultimately brings bitterness because bitterness is, I, I, many seasons ago, the Lord showed me a picture of an oak and how bitterness goes down deep into the heart. And it's like the roots of an oak are very strong and they go far and wide. And when you allow bitterness into your life of what you haven't seen or what you haven't done or comparison or jealousy, or you see somebody else on page a thousand and two, maybe you're on page 500 and you're like, I, I would like to be there gratitude will get you out of that place. And it's like taking a giant scissor yeah. and just cutting that thing off Yeah. because uh, even the scriptures tell us to enter into his courts with Thanksgiving and praise. So we're, we're putting on Thanksgiving. We're praising him in the hard moments. We're praising him in that place where I don't, my body, my flesh doesn't want to praise because I'm feeling all this going on, but my spirit is saying, thank you, Lord. That I may just have some ramen and egg, but I thank you that you've put this on my table. And I thank you that you have provided for me right where I am. And so for those of you that maybe you're just feeling that, I want to encourage you to begin to thank the Lord for where you're at right now. Because as you begin to praise him, and as you begin to thank him, it's going to cut the the ability for any bitterness to set root in your heart. And it puts you in this place where you live in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is connected to gratitude. The joy of the Lord is connected to the place where people are like, well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How do I get that? Gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for where I am right now. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that you're not done with me yet. Maybe some of y'all need to hear that right now. God's not done with you. And you can't judge your season right now by what your circumstances are. You can't judge your season by right now there's lack. Right now I'm not married yet. Right now, my kids haven't come to the Lord. Right now, I'm not seeing what I know God has promised me because God's not done yet. You're just in chapter four and God's (laughs) got so many chapters ahead of you. Yeah. So, Father, we just break. We ask right now you would break the power of hope deferred over every heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you, Lord, would just come and lay your hand. I'm seeing the Lord, the Father, just embracing people right now. You've been in a season and you feel like even maybe some of you have feel like I've overstayed my welcome in this season. If that's you right now, I just want to pray this over you. Lord, I just pray that you would surround them with angels. And I pray right now, Father, that you would break the power of hope deferred off of their hearts. We bind the works of darkness against their mind and heart. We ask, Lord, that with your sweet embrace, 
that you would come around your people and let them know, God, that you're not done. You're not done, Lord. In fact, you're just now getting started. And so we just thank you right now for filling their hearts with hope, giving them peace. And I pray right now, God, that their spiritual eyes would be opened up right now to see that there are more for them than there are against them. Yes. In Jesus' mighty name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yes. Lord. Mm. Okay. So um, I guess I mean, we're kind of talking about all of your, your talking points without even like planning. I, I mean, we're kind of just doing it, <laughs> Yeah. but um, let's um, let's talk about trusting God, no matter what it looks like. Cause that's kind of what we're kind of what we're on the topic of right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we've been talking about these difficult seasons, Jeff, Here's one of the things, here's a, one of the things I've been in the book of Job for a, a couple of months now and the okay. Lord, you know how he is. He just starts peeling back the onion and showing you things that you've never seen before. And Job, up until this season that everybody, everybody talks about Job suffering, you know, but up until that season, he was a man who lived righteously before God. He was blessed. And even Satan, when he went before him, was like, you've got this guy surrounded. Yeah. You know, of course but if he I, worships you. Of course yeah, he loves you. He's so yeah. blessed. Yeah. And the Lord confidently, because he knew what was in Job's heart, he's like, all right, just don't kill him. And so what people don't understand, this is what I want to encourage some people that may be going through a tough time, Jeff, is that that season in Job's life, was a very short amount of time. Hmm. Some theologians say it was like 42 months. Some people say it was two years. There's many different, but it was a very short amount of time. If we live our lives, no matter, you know, and trusting the Lord, no matter what things look like, there is an expectation and a faith that he wants us to live from, that he is going to be who he says he is to you, yeah. that he is going to show his faithfulness to you. That if God has given you a promise, he will do what he said he will do. I will live and die on that hill. I've told you that before, Jeff. Yeah. He will do what he said he will do. He is not a man that he should lie. That's right. But we have to live from this place where we are anchored in his goodness, in his faithfulness. And that he will show himself strong to us no matter what the, what is going on around us. That little, I, I, I shared this the other day, but. Uh, because the Lord just kind of showed me as I was reading this was Job's life was like a sandwich. He lived in the blessing of the Lord. Then he goes through this really small season where he receives this revelation of he comes to the end and everything comes to this moment. What I shared earlier, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen yeah. you. Yeah. So really the question is when we're going through this season, these seasons, Jeff is God, what am I supposed to get from this season? Because it was all about that revelation. God, God allowed for a lot of things to happen because he knew what was in Job's heart. But he also gave Job this revelation of who he really was. Mm -hmm. When Job said that, he said it. I really didn't know who you were until this moment. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest formed, I would say one of the biggest restorations in Job's life wasn't that he got all his animals back or his kids and the money and all that. It was the restoration of the awareness of God's presence. And he talks about that. Yeah. So God, how do we live in expectation? 
how do we do, how do we live from this place practically? Well, number one, I think one of the things, you know, when you're going through hard seasons, you're just trying to survive. And that is the truth. A lot of times it's like, I'm trying to survive really hard things when I'm going through a crushing season, but God wants to take us a step farther. He wants to take us deeper. And I think one of the questions that we should really be asking is, God, what do I need to get out of this season? Don't let me out of this season until I get what you want me to get. Yes. In fact. Because you don't want to do it over. <laughs> you don't. And no. you will. I've been there. Jeff, I know <laughs> me you Me too. <laughs> I don't want to do this one over. Yeah. So my prayer, my prayer now is like, actually, Lord, don't let me leave this place until you, Lord, see fit that I have received everything that I'm supposed to get out of this because where I'm at now will determine how ready I will be for what's going to come. And so you start to look at adversity through a different lens. Oh, you You start to look and it's all about the perspective, Jeff. Yeah. You know, the Lord said this to me and a lot of people have been encountering this ever since 2020. It's like, there's been so much isolation and I need community and all this, all the things that were like, Lord, we need that. And the Lord said, you call it isolation, but I call it consecration. Okay. And some people are listening to this right now that you've been in a season where you're like, God, I'm hidden. God, I have nobody around me. I'm alone. That's one of the, one of the number one things that I see so much, especially in the last two years is I'm alone. So many people alone, but if we would just shift our perspectives to actually, we're not alone because if we're walking with Jesus, we're never alone. Mm-hmm. And shifting our perspective, just that little perspective shift is from isolation to consecration. God is calling us unto himself in this time. And this is, this is the entire body of Christ, Jeff. This isn't just some people, all of us in some way, shape or form have felt this calling away a song of Solomon where the Lord is like, come, let me take you away. I want to whisk you away. I want to reveal my heart to you. I want to show you who I am in the wilderness. And but it's a perspective shift. And when we shift our perspective, everything changes. That's why renewing the mind is so powerful. Second Corinthians 10 and five, that taking control really and bringing everything into the obedience of Christ. I say taking control, it's bringing thoughts into the obedience of Christ. And renewing our mind is so powerful because once you have a change of mind, everything changes because you begin to see things from the father's perspective and not your own perspective. Yeah. So, so it's asking those questions like God and praying, ask really from that, from that place in your heart, don't let me out of the season until I get everything that I'm supposed to get. Yeah. Don't move me on because yeah. it's not going to be good for you on the other side anyway. Right. Yeah. Instead of focusing in on the, again, I, I use the analogy of exercise a lot, uh, but it's true. It's like you can do something that's really unpleasant and it could be working. Um, an area of your body that you're not fondly uh, enjoy, you're not enjoying, yeah. <laughs> but it's like a small muscle or something like that. Um, but you do that enough times and you push through, you go and you do something else that utilizes that muscle. And suddenly you're like, wow, this doesn't hurt anymore. Or this is actually like, I'm not out of breath anymore. Or I'm not out of, you know, like all those things. And so um, that's why, I, yeah, I, I learn a lot through exercise. Uh, wow. God speaks to me a lot through exercise. Um, but yeah, I think that not looking at, oh, I can't wait till this is done. I can't wait till this whole 
season I'm in is over with, but rather just pressing in and abiding in him. And, um, it's like, and sometimes God will do it in cool ways. Like, like he, like he'll, he'll tell you you're going through one of those tougher seasons and you'll do it in cool ways. Cause it's like, our eyes need to be open to that though. Like for me, he was like, I had this vivid dream before I started doing Elijah fire. It was a couple of months before where God was like, he appeared to me in a dream and he gave me the Batmobile. Okay. And it was heavily armored and it had all these guns on it and all this stuff. And I went to the wow. back and there was, I was going to take our luggage because my wife and I, we were going to, we, we knew we were going to be traveling a distance. Wow. Um, and I went into the back and there was like next to the rocket booster in the back was like this little compartment for luggage, but there wasn't a lot of room for luggage. There wasn't a lot of room for baggage. And, um, and so I knew that I was in the driver's seat. My wife was going to be in the passenger seat, but also it's like, I started breaking down, uh, a Batmobile. I'm like Batmobile is heavily armored. It's really fast. Yes. This one was an offensive vehicle because it had all these this firepower on it um <laughs> and so i knew real thing if i knew i was in the batmobile in this batmobile in particular i was safe like you could hear the bullets oh. ting, 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 but nothing would happen um oh, and cool. um and so god revealed to me yes obviously this was a promotion getting this show was a promotion but it has been insanely hard it's not been like this like walk at the park thing. It's been really yeah. tough and having to endure a lot and get stronger in certain areas and withstand, you know, you, you understand mean comments, things like that. Um, uh, and, but my wife has been the one who's been always reminding me that she should remember the dream, remember the Batmobile dream. And I actually had to make the Batmobile that I saw in the dream because <laughs> And it's sitting on my desk just as a reminder. Oh, that's uh, so but so that's that's wow. what I'm talking about though. God speaks our language and he knows like, hey, Jeff is gonna understand what he's going through and he's gonna yes. think it's cool. You know, like he's gonna understand what the pro this process is that I'm taking him through if I deliver it to him in this way, right? And so he'll do that. So it's not always this like you're gonna go through a hard season and and cue the dread, you know. It's yeah, it's not always like I didn't, yeah. So sometimes you get what I'm saying. That's so powerful. And, yeah. you know, the Lord has done a lot of that with you and your wife, Jeff. Like, I remember the dream where he, there was like meteors, I think, that were hitting the earth. Like yeah. he was preparing you for what was coming. Yeah. How I just, one of, one of the things I love the most about the Lord is that he gives us dreams. Mm -hmm. Like how beautiful of him that he, I just love that about him, that he just, he gives us he prepares us for the things to come. And, you know, I say this often, but every person even listening right now, they have dreams just as the Lord has given you, just as the Lord has given me, just as the Lord has given your wife and, and my husband, like we all have these dreams and he ha he gives us these visions because he wants us to hold on to something. He wants us to hold on to these dreams because the journey does get tough. Mm -hmm. And to sit here and say that every day is a Friday, every day is not a Friday and things it get will be really, in heaven. really hard. Yes. It absolutely yes. will be in heaven. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, every day is not a Friday, but I love that the Lord prepares us for the adversity that's going to come. And he lets us know, he nudges us, he gives us dreams. He speaks us to through his word and he lets us know. 
but he gives us also the vision to hold on to when it gets yes. tough. And maybe oh. some of you are, all, are listening right now and God's given you a dream. I really have the sense there's someone or someone, some people that are going to listen to this and you are thinking at this very moment about a dream that God gave you. Something that you know that he's going to use your life for. Some of you have really big dreams in your heart that are way bigger than anything that you could even fathom. It's bigger than the finances in your bank right now. It's bigger than the skill sets that you have. I want to remind you right now that he, the Bible says that he gives us homes that we didn't build and vineyards that we didn't plant. Hmm. So what God is going to do in your life, and I don't know who this is for, but what God is going to do in your life is going to be so supernatural that the warfare that you're going through at this moment is only but a season. It's only but a moment. It's like Job, you're in, you're in the middle, you're in the sandwich, you're in that place where you may not be able to see what's on the other side, but God already has redemption. He's already in that place of restoration, but he's given you that dream that is way bigger than yourself so that you can trust him. It's gonna, and just what I love about your dream is that you were sitting in the real thing, Jeff. You knew you were in the real thing. In other words, you were in God's, it was God's perfect will for you and your wife. Right. It was the real thing, the real anointing, mm -hmm. the real spirit of God. Because let me tell y'all, imposters come. Yep. Imposters come. Relationships that, oh, this might be imposters come. That's why we have to be able to recognize, is this the real thing? And the seasons of adversity prepare us for that. Because when you go through hard seasons, God gives you new armor. Every time the Lord has armored us, was something new that we didn't have 10 years ago, that we didn't have 12 years ago. There's a new armor that he puts on us to be able to withstand the things that we're going to go through in this current season. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, not monthly bread, not weekly bread. He said daily bread. So God is going to give us what we need in that very moment to walk through what he's calling us to walk through. There is grace for the day. There is grace for the season. And I just love how he shared that with you. Just you were in the real, because he was bringing the real thing to your life after everything that you guys had been through. Yeah. And he was letting you know, I'm bringing the real thing. It's yeah. going to be me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks <laughs> later or a month later, I got presented with Elijah Fire and my wife and I were both like, the Batmobile. The dream, dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely. I really feel very strongly. Um, a lot of times I feel like God will, because um, I care about the people that follow this show. I really do. Um, I'm so blessed by them. Um, and I often God will walk me through stuff as kind of a kind of a whisper of what's to come in other people's lives, what he's intending wow. to do through this show. And so I, God has lately been taking me through this process of working out some maybe some religious tendencies that i didn't know were there things that like i was very uh just um there was no heart behind what i was doing i was just doing them to do them um and so he's been leading me through a process of unconventional encounters with him in terms of wow. like what i mean by that is like i would be sitting down to read i'm like I'm, i want to connect with you and i Obviously, God wants us to study the word. He wants us to pour over the word. He wants us to memorize it. He wants us yeah. to speak it. He wants us to, to consume it. Uh, but I can get really locked in to the only way that I'm going to be able to connect with God in this specific way is if I do this. And God has been walking me through this process of, of going, 
he would actually stop me from reading the word. He's like, hey, let's go do this. And I'm like, oh, that's definitely not God. There's no way God would say to go do that because this is a holy time. (laughs) But the amount of just like, I can't even describe it other than that it feels like it's piercing to like the very core of me and he's reawakening things that were lying dormant for a long time wow. me. because maybe life experience whatever just kind of bogs you down and i really feel like god wants to reignite old mm. dreams within people right thank now. you lord like what you're hearing help us continue to make elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible to get behind this ministry visit elijahfire.com slash donate now back to the show where you have been in this place of I've just, that's gone. That ship has sailed. Not going to, not going to happen. I've, I, but God put that, God put that dream inside of you for a reason. He put it in there for a reason. And only you, it is, it is a key that only, uh, that, that is meant to only unlock you. Like, oh, that's for somebody else. Somebody else will pick it up. No, there's something that God wants to do through you. Do not allow the enemy to come in and say, don't even try because there's 50 other people doing it. They're not going to do it the way that God wants to do it through you. That's right. Okay. So we just release ignition, wow. Lord. I speak you, vision Lord. in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would, that people would heed your calling into yes. the deepest places of who they are to reawaken, God, those old dreams, God, those old wounds that maybe they covered up under layers and layers and layers of things. Uh, but God, I first I just addressed just the hurt of I know yes. what it's like to 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 feel that desire and to be like, maybe maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't keep holding on and believing because because it hurts too much. And so, yeah. God, I just speak to the, those wounds of of that hope deferred, like like Christina talked about earlier. God, Thank we just you, speak life. We speak joy. Yes. We speak excitement, that childlike wonder and awe of who you are, God, because you are so big. You are so big. And so, yes, Lord, we just say yes to this in in their lives. You just receive this. You just allow the Lord to do what he's doing in you right now. Just receive it. Don't try and make too much sense of it. Just let the Lord do what he's doing inside of you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I just see the Lord uh, taking those fragmented pieces of your heart, just hearts right now that have just been broken into smithereens. I just see the Lord just gathering with his hands, gathering all the pieces, and just putting hearts back together, whole hearts. Yeah. We just thank you, Father, for whole hearts in this season. We thank you, Father, for releasing your spirit over every single person that is listening to the words of this of these prayers, Lord. We pray, Lord, for healing your life. Lord, your, your word says that there is life in the blood. We pray that your life would flow through their veins right now from the top of their heads to the tips of their toes. We ask Holy Ghost that there would just be a movement of your spirit in every life right now, God. Yes, Lord. Healing in the name of Jesus. God, we know that a lot of times you will heal the heart and then the body will follow suit. So God, I pray that as you're healing hearts that you would just begin to heal bodies, Lord. We ask for backs to come into alignment. 
Father, uh, any pain in their bodies right now, we just pray, Lord, as you heal, we ask you to move from the top of their heads to the tips of their toes. We say we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you. Do what only you can do, Lord. We thank you for that, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hmm. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I've said this a lot, Jeff, but my heart burns for people's hearts to be healed. Hmm. Because God really got to business. He started really pulling back his sleeves in my life after he began to heal my heart. The brain tumor and just different things that I walked through came after God dealt with my heart. Because when I came to the Lord, I was still this broken little girl inside. So often what I've seen, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. A lot of people are encountering depression right now, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, hopelessness, because their hearts are broken. Yeah. They've been kicked around by life. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's somebody listening right now that you're like, I don't know how to get a hold of that. Invite his presence into that place where maybe it's collected dust. Invite the Lord into that place where you don't see a way out, but this is how we identify where the enemy has sowed a lie into our lives, into our spirit, Jeff. If there is any area of your life right now where you feel hopelessness, there's a lie there. It's good. And the Lord right now just wants to take his hand and pluck out. We just imagine when you're planting a garden, sometimes you'll, you know, already have like a, a plant that's already growing and you just, you know, start to repot the plant. God wants to remove the entire plant, that root system that is bitterness, that is brokenness, depression, anxiety. He wants to take that with his hand, remove it, and then put his word on the inside. Because, and I, we say this to our son a lot, any lies, we, when we can identify there's lies that the enemy tries to speak in our family or whatever the case may be, we identify the unrighteous root, the, the lie, the word, we remove it, and then we replace it with the word of God good so if you're walking through a season right now to everybody that is listening if you're walking through a season right now and you're identifying you know what i'm hopeless in this area of my life identify the lie and then put the word of god on it yeah because the, the scriptures okay. tell us that his word will not come back to him void but it will do what it's what he said and has declared that it will do and so even right now a lot of you i'm just seeing lord will often show me when people are like have word curses over their lives, I'll just begin to see arrows in people's backs. So right now we just, according to Isaiah 54 and 17, Lord, you declared that no weapon formed against them will prosper. And this is the weapon. And every tongue that's risen up against them in judgment, we condemn them right now in the name of Jesus. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness comes from, from me, says the Lord. So, Father, we pray right now that you would remove every word curse of condemnation, every word curse of you'll never get through this, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never become anything. Father, we wow. pray you would send out your spirit into the hearts of your people. And, God, yes, we Lord. pray that you would uproot the lie, and we pray that you would replace it, Lord, with the truth and the life of your word. We pray for the light 
of your word to come, the wind of the spirit, Lord, let it move in every heart. And we thank you right now for bringing these word curses down, God. And I thank you for releasing truth. We pray for the Ruach. We pray for the breath of God to go through, God, every screen right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray, Father, that you would heal, heal hearts. And we thank you, Lord, just for brand new dreams and visions and hope for the days ahead, Lord, in Jesus' mm, name. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Wow. I just see the Lord. I just saw this, the wind of his presence. Just the wind of the Holy Spirit moving on hearts and just touching those areas that maybe, you know, we don't want to give up certain areas of our life because it's hard. We don't want to revisit the trauma. We don't want to revisit the hard moments of life. But when we allow for the Lord, for his spirit to go into those places, into the caverns, I call it the caverns of our heart, where his spirit begins to move, we give him access so that we can be healed. And some of you may be listening and, you know, it always, I just, like I shared with you earlier, Jeff, I love to see hearts healed. Mm -hmm. It is my favorite thing. I'm like, Lord, one of, I, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon, but there was this quote and it was, he said he had seen many miracles, but the greatest miracle that he had ever seen was the changing and the healing of a human heart. That's crazy. Cause I didn't even, I've never heard that quote before. And I've, I've talked to people cause I've seen my fair share of cool stuff, crazy provisions, you know, healing, all that kind of stuff. And I, I was talking to somebody about like all of those, the, the emotion or like the dopamine or whatever that kicks in from a moment like that, where you see something huge happen you're like, Whoa. Um, it goes away. And yeah, obviously you can have this reverence towards God as a result of yes. that and everything. But I've said it is the greatest because I used to do a lot of discipleship and stuff. I said yeah. that the greatest miracle of all, though, is to see someone's heart change. So that's crazy that Charles Spurgeon said the same thing. <laughs> You're in line with with I, the great theologians, I Jeff. Guess. You are. I mean, you know. And I, I, you know, everybody, we've talked about this before. It's just like everybody has a station. And I love that about the Lord because not everybody can do. We have a station and it's the Lord gives us something that he, you know, when we delight ourselves in him, he gives us the desires of our heart. He puts desires that were first in his heart. And then as we are one with the Lord, he, he puts those desires. And then all of a sudden you start, start wanting things that you didn't want before. Mm-hmm. Those are or his you desires. stop wanting things that you wanted because you're because you're one we're mm -hmm. one with him and you become more like him that's the process of sanctification is becoming more like him yeah and i you know there's so many people that really like yourself you know you you just when you see that heart that person that was like my heart has changed my heart's not the yeah. same my heart is healed that is one of the things that just, it sets my heart on fire. Yeah. Because, and 
there's also a lot of scripture in the book of Proverbs that talks about, you know, where there's life in the spirit, it also gives life in our bones. So there's a lot, you know, they have pain in their body, they're dealing with, you know, there's one particular lady, I remember my husband and I prayed for, and she had been battling with unforgiveness. And she, you know, was very, very sick. And, you know, the Lord gives us this word of knowledge and we share, we, we share this, uh, you know, it's time to forgive. When she very, very, you could see it in her eyes. It was like, it's time. But the moment that she forgave, it wasn't, but like a day or two later, she had received the report of her healing. Because let me tell you, our God mm -hmm. is after the heart. Yes, and when he that is. heart gets healed there, it's like a picture, like, I don't know, like the big bang. Okay. Whatever. Where there's this burst of light. Well, the yeah. spirit of God comes into the heart. The moment that we forgive. And there's this burst of the spirit of God into he's living inside of us mm -hmm. and his spirit begins to move through our veins, through our body. And all of a sudden you have new life. Mm -hmm. Your body gets healed. Things start to, your mind gets healed. Your heart gets healed. Everything begins to heal. Forgiveness wow. is such a powerful, oh my goodness, Jeff. I mean, I had to walk through, um, early on just seasons of forgiveness, uh, through some things that I went through as a child and it was like the Lord just pulling back layer by layer, but forgiveness is a, you know, I mean, even the, the scripture, Jesus said, forgive us, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Mm -hmm. It is contingent on us forgiving others. His forgiveness is contingent on us giving forgiveness to other people. Well, and so is maybe, there a, I'm trying to remember, oh, I want to say Jesus said this in like the Sermon of the Mount or something. He said, if you go and you deliver a sacrifice and you've got an issue with your brother, leave yes. your sacrifice at the altar, go deal with it and come yeah. back. You know, don't so, even talk to me. I mean, I'm right. just saying the Lord's like, don't even, you need yeah. to go handle all of that. And then we'll talk mm -hmm. because, and how can we claim to love God if we can't even love the person in front of us? who we see and yeah. love God whom we don't see. Mm -hmm. So our display in love to other people is always, or love to the Lord is how they love other people. Mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. a very powerful thing, Jeff. But once you get that revelation of like walking in forgiveness, which is not easy. I mean, you know, you've met a lot of people. We've met a lot of people that have some really hard stuff to forgive. Mm -hmm. Some really, really hard stuff to forgive. It's like, how can you? Yeah. But anything but that, God, please. Anything but that. Don't make me let go of this. We had my 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 um my boss Steve, who runs the the Elijah List. He found the Elijah List and does Elijah streams. We had him on the show last week, and he's talking about. I mean, he added a very abusive father, oh. um, and he talked about this very thing about forgiveness, um, and how essential it is because now it's like the way he can talk about what happened to him. It's just horrible, but he can talk about it fr from a place of he being healed. He's not in pain talking about it. And you know the difference when you hear somebody who's talking about something and even people who think they're free and they're like, I'm like, you still got a little bit more to go. You know, you can feel you the can hear the pain. Yeah. You can hear the pain. Yeah. And so, unforgiveness. So necessary. Unforgiveness is probably, I would say, 
Like if you want to put a cork on your spirit, that's the number one way that the enemy loves to get people with unforgiveness because it's a spirit. It's a, it's like the way God set things into order in my own life. The moment I decided to forgive, it was like, when I tell you a river of blessing came Jeff on the other side of forgiving people and persons that did the most amount of harm, I would say to my life. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of that was the greatest outpouring of the spirit of God that I did not know. And God, what he does when we decide to forgive, he takes that cork and just pulls it out. And it is just, it's the river of life that flows through us, but mm -hmm. we have to be willing to walk in forgiveness and not walking judgment. Judgment's another that's another one. It's it's through the enemy comes in through unforgiveness, bitterness, and judgment. That is one of the, I would say some of the top three ways to just put a cork on your spirit where you can't yeah. hear from God. You can't move in the gifts. Just it's walking a, a life of like, and it's perfect love. It's walking in perfect love. That's what Jesus walking in the fruit of the spirit. But unforgiveness is so, is such a big one. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing that we talked about too, with, with the whole unforgiveness thing is it's like this, it's this lie that Satan always kind of gets people in and he does it. It's not new. Like he does this to everybody, but it's this, Hey, if you don't forgive this person, that'll show them. Wow. That'll show them because you that's how you're going to stick it to them. That's how you're going to get them back is you're going to have this thing, but it's, it's, you're the, you're the, the prisoner you're the one held prisoner and steve said yes it's like drinking poison expecting the other person to yeah, die it really you know? is so it really is you know yeah. the lord wants to show people his faithfulness he really does but there's certain things that he asks of us and we see that in the parable of the talent or the parable of the unforgiving servant i remember when i received a revelation of that early on of what that really looked like before the Lord, because, you know, he had been forgiven so much. And when you look at that, it was like millions of dollars in this day. And then he turns around and he's like, it was like pennies to the dollar. And he's like, give me back what you owe me. And that is what our attitude in the spirit realm looks like when we don't forgive others. Mm -hmm. Here we have this long rap sheet of stuff, the evil things that we have done before the Lord and to other people. And then it's like the Lord asked me one day, it was like, you have the audacity to hold this against and look at your rap sheet. It's like, oh my gosh. And you I'm feel horrible. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But when we extend forgiveness and maybe somebody's listening right now, I just, I kind of, we keep coming back to this. So there must be somebody that needs to hear this now. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe the person wronged you. Maybe there's some money that's owed to you. Maybe they did something to you. You just cannot. Even church hurt. You've been a part of a ministry. You've been part of a business, just something where you just cannot. I mean, this thing is gnawing at you day and night. We're going to pray right now and ask the Lord to remove that thorn yeah. and give you the grace to forgive today. So where you are right now, you're driving, you're sitting at home. I want you to out loud, just say, I forgive and say their name. And sometimes you have to do it on a daily basis. Sometimes yeah. it's a date. Sometimes it's a minute to minute thing. God, yeah. I release them and you will see. And I'm just going to prophesy this 
over you that you will see as you begin to forgive, you will begin to see the river of life of the Holy Spirit moving through you like never before. Because there is nothing in this life that gets God's attention more than when we choose to forgive those who wronged us, that we would be like Jesus, that he hung on a cross and looked at the very person, at the very people that were crucifying him and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. May we have that attitude, Lord. Forgive them for they know not what they do. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, perfection embodied. God himself, creator of heaven and earth, who never sinned, can say, forgive them for they know not what they do. How much more? Us. So Lord, I pray right now. Father, I pray right now that you, with your mighty hand, you are El Shaddai. You are the almighty God. You are a merciful God. And we thank you that mercy triumphs over judgment, Lord. Father, I ask for the grace to forgive, but not just to forgive today, Lord, but to forgive totally. Right now, Lord, I ask that you would silence the voice of the enemy that is speaking to them, that is tormenting them day and night. And I ask, Lord, that the grace, Lord, just spirit of forgiveness will come to them right now, Lord. That no matter how ugly, no matter how dark, no matter how difficult, no matter what they did against them, Lord, I ask you today, Lord, that they would forgive. Give them the grace to forgive, Lord, as you have forgiven us for everything that we've done, past, present, and future. God, would you move over their hearts right now? And I thank you, Lord, because we know this, Lord. That when the spirit of forgiveness begins to flow, Lord, the river of life comes rushing in. And I thank you right now for the river of life flowing through every heart. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Amen. Yeah. Christy, I could hang out and chill, chill and kick it with you forever, man. This is great. God, it's so good. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. One day we will just kick it, you know? Yes. We, we totally will. <laughs> yes. And Ryan... Yeah. Right, yes. Ryan's like, we got to hang out with them because they love Star Wars. You yeah. Know, we'll saw nerd Lord out. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you are, uh, you're kind of a, uh, you're a big hit on the TikTok. God has really blessed that. So people can find you on TikTok. Link is in the description. Where are some other places that people can follow your ministry? Yeah. Instagram. I'm just under, it's Christina Baker. And Facebook, just under my name, Christina Baker. Christina with no H. That's yep. right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I always want to call you, it just when I'm talking, I have to be very conscious, Christina, not Krista, because I have two friend, two people that are now friends as a result of this show that oh, are wow. Krista's in my life. Oh, yeah. And so I'm always like, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you, honestly we'll we'll have you back because it's awesome so um, much fun yeah this was awesome jeff this is god you can just tell i mean just what the lord wants to do in the earth right now mm -hmm. he is just he's coming with such a force yeah where we can't ignore it anymore yeah it's like every corner you turn it's like have you met jesus have yeah. you met the holy <laughs> spirit like every corner just like the scriptures prophesied that, the, script, yeah. that the, the gospel would be preached to the entire earth. Yeah. We are seeing that right now. Absolutely. So, and next year's going to be epic. Next year's oh going to be gosh. so epic. Yes. I'm it's excited. It's going to be sweet.
All right. Well, Christina, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, that is our show. Have an amazing Wednesday. Join us on Friday when we have Andrea Hobart back, who I call the living Disney princess. She is like the (laughs) sweetest, kindest, uh, sings and birds land on her shoulder kind of person. Uh, So tune in on Friday. It's going to be a great show. It's 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.